Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Sights on Sinnoh. Today we're covering episodes 42 and 43 of the Diamond and Pearl anime as we head over towards Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl coming out later this year. My name's Will and this week I'm joined by Manny. How's it going? Pretty good, Will. How are you? Doing alright. Getting through the heat. It's It's been interesting. Yeah. Uh, these episodes also have a very interesting <laughs> contrast to one another that, that i'm sure we'll we'll be get to but yeah overall i've uh, been playing a bit of emerald to try to get some ribbons at the battle tower and oh, nice. yeah it's a it's an interesting time because as a child i used a lot of the tms um trying to get through the main game and now i am stuck with not a lot of tms uh, to help boost the Pokemon that I need for Battle Tower, so it's uh, it's been a process. I'm trying to get an Apom to level 100, so I can use its pickup ability for a chance to find uh, the TM for Earthquake. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a very, very like old school RPG thing where it's like it's about drops and a lot of grinding. But um, I'm taking a break from that right now and trying to catch the roaming Pokemon, which is Latias for me. Oh, yeah, I remember that, man. <laughs> not yeah, I remember fun. the struggle of, of not knowing exactly what to do to get Latias to stay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of tricky stuff. Like, I've actually gotten it. But it just won't stay in the ball. But I put it like to sleep, mean looked, all that stuff. But it's a uh, it's a lot yeah. of strategy just for that one Pokemon. Uh, yeah, like I remember mm-hmm. searching up the the location for it each time it was mm-hmm. spawning, just going there and then being disappointed with it just leaving. <laughs> it's like nope, bye. Yeah. How's your week been? Playing anything lately? Um, not necessarily. I'm I'm the type of like person that i buy games and play them for a bit and then just forget about them mm-hmm. so there's like a lot of games that i i i've picked up and haven't finished yet um like for example i still haven't finished uh the crown tundra oh I, same actually yeah i think i left off uh before you encounter calyrex on one of its horses i'm not too sure yeah, I kind of left it there because I didn't know which horse I wanted, and I also didn't know, um, or didn't want to like catch the legendaries right away in, in case I wanted to mark or shiny hunt them. But yeah, um, you see that, that that was one of the things that I didn't know existed: mark hunting. Mm-hmm. So now that I know that exists, I probably will start uh, mark hunting some specific Pokemon. Yeah, I think I might just go for that too because I want to clear that mission so i can reset my pokedex and get all those good promotions and stuff like that but we are talking today again about episode 42 and 43 which focuses kind of where where i was talking about earlier on the pokemon from emerald or gen 3 which is electrike in an appropriately titled episode called the electrike company uh, and the blurb for this episode reads, On a sunny day in Sinnoh, Ash is literally hit by a bolt out of the blue, and Electrike is practicing its electric-type moves nearby, but it accidentally zapped Ash instead of its target. 
Jacko, the Electrike's trainer, is a Pokemon breeder who's raising Electrike at the Pokemon Training Center. He doesn't think Electrike will ever be able to control its moves, but Brock knows better and offers to help both of them train. So, right off the bat, <laughs> I have strong feelings just from like seeing the cold open of this episode and also remembering kind of what happens here. You know what? I saw the opening and, and uh, I don't remember this episode, but, but for some reason in my head, I knew what was actually going on. And, uh, when that opening was revealed in the, later on in the episode, I was like, oh yeah, I was right. Nice. Okay, so it gave you something to, to project and you kind of nailed it yeah. once you got there. Yeah, because uh, like I've said before, you, you, even though um, Rocket are, are villains, mm-hmm. not necessarily your prototypical, like pure evil villains, uh, they're human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to that in a bit, but the, uh, the, I did look up um, the sub-episode. Like I said, the, the dub Really likes to do the puns for the title episodes. Oh yeah, uh, this was in the sub is just titled Manectric and the Practice Center. Got it. Yeah. As, oh really? It says Manectric. Yeah. It doesn't even say Electric. Oh, I'm sorry. It said Electric. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, I okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I wow, that title get, just yeah. spoiled it. <laughs> I get them confused a lot sometimes. I don't know why. It's just between those two, I always get mm-hmm. confused um, between the names. I think it's an underlooked Pokemon, so I can I can see why people confuse the names of the evolutions. I always confuse yeah. like Heliolisk and Helio Helio Uptile from Gen Six. But speaking of electric types from other generations, why the heck is this an electric episode in Gen Four? Is my question. Is it in the Synodex? I don't. Th- Think so, but it's definitely not a common Pokemon that you get before beating the game. Do you remember if it had any focus in any of the advanced battle seasons? Yes, it actually did with Watson because Ash beats Watson after a kind of freak accident with Pikachu, and Watson's only using like Magnemite and Magneton for some reason. So he goes wow. over to the Mauville power plant, and that's where he meets an Electrike. And it's like a whole thing of him joining and then later on evolving. But I just found it really weird for them to choose to focus on a Pokemon that's not even new in this generation. Yeah, and and definitely... It's questionable, right? Because it's like, well, why aren't you introducing more for Pokemon? Like, we, I don't think up to this point we've still had an episode focused mainly on B2. Yeah, so well, or, we did get one. Uh, we've had it up here, right? We had one where it was running away from a Steelix, and. Oh, that's right. It, it was like it was a weird episode, but it was very much like about this Bidoof village that Karina adores. Uh, right. But <laughs> it's very much like a f- yeah, it's an okay episode. To double check here, yes. It, so Electric does appear in Sinnoh, but only in Swarms, which is a feature that comes after you beat the game. Oh, 
from from gen 4 what what electric type pokemon would you have liked to have seen here instead of electric because i don't really know gen 4 pokemon yeah was during a period that i didn't play the games mm -hmm. i would have gone with luxio oh yeah like we have a yeah. minor shink up shinks appearance but doesn't really do much in that episode so i was like do that uh maybe just shinks and to have shinks evolve into luxia would have been cool to be fair there aren't a lot of electric types in this generation we have the shinks line patrisu electivire which electivire is an evolution of a previous pokemon magnezone and rotom i like that's actually a really limited list so it kind of puts me into question why they even did an episode like this. Yeah, and, and I remember in Kalos, Luxio and Luxury are like super heavily focused Pokemon. So I always yeah. thought they were I always thought they were Gen 7 Pokemon because Oh really? Then, <laughs> yeah, because I, I watched part of the Diamond and Pearl anime and I guess mm -hmm. I remembered about Luxio and Luxury because I remember when I saw it I was like, why does that Pokemon seem familiar to me? Mm -hmm. But now that, that you definitely have confirmed that it's a Gen 4 Pokemon, I get <laughs> why. In the back of my head, I knew why they were familiar. You know what's weirder about Gen 6 and Kalos' Electric-type Pokemon? The yeah. only new ones are Helioptile, Heliolisk, and Dedenne. And there's, a, there's an Electric Gym in this generation. Yeah. That's true. Wow. I, I didn't... Wow. I didn't even know right? that. But, because yeah. there's like Lumio City, there's a power plant. You would think there'd be more new ones, but it's a lot of repeats actually, which is kind of the theme for Kalos given that it has a small dex. But it just seems kind of odd to me given that they focus on Lumios and the electric gym that's there. That's crazy. I mean, if you mm -hmm. if you take away Daydenix, I guess we can say it's Pikachu of that region. Mm -hmm. And it would just be two electric yeah. types. Yeah, it's, wow. it's still a good one. I love Heliolisk, but it's like, it's still very odd to me. Yeah, you would think they would introduce more because of uh, Lumio City. Mm -hmm. Like it has to do with a power outage, and maybe that's why yeah. there aren't enough electric types. Uh, because what we find out from this episode in the anime is that this electric is being trained to work at a power plant like yes. as a one of the electric type pokemon that generates electricity there and this kind of rubbed me the wrong way because it feels like this whole facility exists only to train them to become batteries yeah yeah i pictured um Lab mice on a wheel when I heard that. I pictured uh, a scene from the Leg or Avatar Legend of Korra where the firebenders are like drawing electricity from the sky into the generators. Okay, I, n I never watched Korra. Uh, okay, okay. But yeah, it it's like this is a weird use. Like, how many Pokemon are in here? Like, who's taking care of them? Uh, uh, like, I have a lot of questions about how this works. Like, is everywhere around the world just powered by Electro-type Pokemon? Is it just some places that, like, specialize in this? 
Yeah, like if you if you kind of look at it, it's kind of like um, premise of the promised Neverland in a mm. way. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, hard. Yeah, uh, but if you haven't seen the promised Neverland, listeners, I encourage you just off that premise alone. Just watch the first episode; you'll be hooked. Yeah, and uh, be it's it's definitely for more mature audiences, so just oh, keep yes, that in yes, mind yes. as well. Yeah, but yeah, it is a weird setup that I don't find super friendly in terms of like humans versus humans and Pokemon living together. But they do explain that it has to be a Pokemon breather who trains these Pokemon to prepare for this. And in this case, it's a new character called Jacko, I believe. And mm-hmm. he he's <laughs> he's annoying. He kind of sucks, honestly, for the first half of yeah. this episode. Definitely rubbed me the wrong way at the beginning. Because oh. he's like, oh, he, he sees like Ash's Staravia and he's like, oh, that's so cool. Like, I, I'm, I specialize in flying types and like, oh, I just, I can tell your Staravia is like raised super great. And it would be so much easier to deal with like flying types versus electric types. And like, he just says this in front of electric, like, he doesn't care what, what it feels. Yeah, he, like, right in front of it, insults it, and mm-hmm. you would think this Electrock is definitely feeling down on itself because it can't get what it needs to be doing done. Mm-hmm. And its trainer, its breeder that it's supposed to have this connection and, and building with it through practice is just putting it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely... I I I was taken aback and and I was like, whoa! Um, I I don't think I like this character at all. Yeah, he reminds me of Paul, but like less aware. Even like Paul's very explicit with what he does, and I think knows the effect he has on people and his Pokemon. But this guy just doesn't. Like he's completely oblivious that he's even even remotely impacting his Electric. Yeah, and and that um scene of of Brock just like mm-hmm. that, Brock's that judging he, immediately, and he's yeah, like, in that, mm-hmm. that moment I was like, oh wait, are we gonna get another Pokemon for Brock? Is Brock gonna bond with this Electric and oh, get away with him? Interesting. Yeah, definitely had that feeling because um, definitely felt that way to me. That it focused on Brock when he heard that insult. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe Brock is going to teach it itself. They're going to bond and, and the Electrek is going to choose to stay with Brock. Because I don't remember much of the episodes. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe he gets a new partner. That's interesting because I don't think I ever thought that. Partly because when I look at the page for this episode on Bobopedia, just to double check because I was like, what happens here? Under major events, it's literally empty. <laughs> so I'm like, well, oh, nothing happened. I guess, in this. I guess what happens towards the end isn't considered major, but even even Bobopedia is insulting Electroic. <laughs> well, in terms of like the overall story, I, I guess. Yeah, okay. That's what's listed there. But the story here comes down to 
everyone's graduated from this academy to, to train these Pokemon, except for this Electric and Jacko. And the headmaster comes by and, like, invites everyone over, and he's like, you can stay as long as you want. Uh, and Brock is inspired to help Electric because Jacko sucks. So he's like, you know what, I'll help you. And also maybe make Jacko mature a bit, I think is some of his intention. Yeah, he definitely needed a lesson in being a proper breeder. Yeah, like to have that right attitude going into this because he clearly didn't want to do this job because his specialty is flying types, but I guess that's it's what he got assigned to. And Brock is able to tell him, no, like Electric is fine. It's even more powerful than maybe an average Electric. So that could actually be the issue is that it's just trying to control its power, not that it's not capable of doing it. What we see from the Headmaster is that a properly trained Electric here is able to manipulate electricity at an extremely accurate level, which means literally like moving the tech to the left, to the right, upwards, back, and able to hit targets from like an incredible direction. <laughs> yeah, and, and and for me, my question was why the Headmaster was putting up with someone with such a negative attitude. Mm, I feel like mm -hmm. as a headmaster seeing someone that isn't taking this seriously is always complaining I feel like should have said well hey you know what you can pack your bags and go because I feel like if, if I were if we were to complain in the workplace mm -hmm. it would definitely be a big no don't do that so that was a bit of a, a questioning but but I understand that it's just because you know he going to learn from Brock. I still feel like, you know... Like, what was his plan if Brock hadn't shown up? Yeah, I feel like he at least should have gone in like a slap on the wrist or something. Mm-hmm. Or just being like, oh, you know, I have faith in you too. Right. Yeah, it's, it's very odd. He's very, like, hands-off with his teaching. So maybe yeah. he's just really confident that they'll get it, but it does seem a little risky. Definitely. We get to see Brock kind of mentor Electric and Jacko a bit in preparing their moves. And as an example, he actually has Dawn and Ash help out by uh, bringing out Pikachu and Pachirisu to use their attacks. So we see Pikachu just nail the target right away, uh, while Pachirisu accidentally shocks Ash. And then Dawn gives it a little puff to calm it down, and then it's able to hit its discharge right on target. Yeah, and and uh, questioning the world as to why he keeps constantly getting shocked. Yeah, Ash is like a lightning rod in this episode, and it's never yeah, really explained. Like, yeah, I feel like probably Pikachu is usually always on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Leaves a bit of something on Ash's clothes, and it becomes like a magnet for electroshocks. Yeah. Maybe Pikachu's static rubs off, so it becomes a, a little conduit for the uh the attacks or something yeah and and i like the the color scheme that they use from pachirisu and electric when they use their 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 electric moves yeah what do you think about that because yeah. pikachu's always a yellow and then i feel like almost every other pokemon is blue for their electric attacks yeah i feel like at one point, they decided to keep yellow just for Pikachu. Mm -hmm. I do remember in the earlier 
like way back in Indigo Plateau, it was always yellow for each uh, Thunder type, Electric type. Um, but yeah I, yeah, I really like it. I really like it. It feels, mm-hmm. to me, it feels more impactful. Like it has, it just has this aura about it that makes it look like it would definitely hurt Pokemon if it was attacked <laughs> by that. I think we have seen Electrovire or like Elecate, yeah, I think, yeah. with elect- with yellow electricity. So maybe it's just like the color of the Pokemon or something. But it is kind of nice that they're distinct from Pikachu because we don't always see these Pokemon that have the exact same um, electric coloring for for their moves. Yeah, I like. I to me, it looks better when it's like a, a blue. It just feels mm. more. I don't know if, if for some reason it feels more natural to me. Yeah, I agree. I can definitely relate to to it feeling a little more organic. I guess. Yeah, because you know, if you've seen lightning, not really mm-hmm. yellow, it's like sort of bluish, whitish. Yeah, the Pokemon just decide to be more realistic with uh, electricity moving yeah. forward or something. Uh, but here, our trainer Jacko or breather Jacko isn't very familiar with electricity himself because he tries brushing Electric using a metal brush. So. He just shocks himself, and Brock kind of lets him, because you see a moment of Brock, like, staring at the brush, and then not saying anything, which I found hilarious. Yeah, Brock secretly wanted that to happen, I feel. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, like, he's gonna learn right. something today. Yeah, yeah. You, you think uh, Electric isn't worth it? You're about to watch out. You're about to find <laughs> out. And yeah, that's where Brock's like, yeah, don't use a metal brush, you, uh, you dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> He basically wants to say that, but uh, he starts like teaching him little things like this, and over time, you kind of see Jacko starting to change his mind about Electric. Uh, Pikachu's also mentoring him a bit, and at one point, you see Brock making a bunch of food for all the Pokemon that are in Ash Dawn and his parties, uh, and Jacko steps in, and he's like, oh, wow, you're making a lot of food. Uh and Brock again brings up the point, yeah, each Pokemon is different. Like, each type has its own unique um, diet and taste preferences. Yeah, man. I, I feel like each episode, I grow more fonder of Brock. Mm-hmm. He's a very complete character. He might have flaws, mm-hmm. but he, he's the type that isn't afraid to admit his flaws. And he, he's very, he's not judgmental. And I mm-hmm. feel like even even if if inside he feels like oh, you know I need to tell this person what's right, he does it in a way that kind of encourages, which is at the same time. Yeah, he's very nurturing with how he teaches others. Yeah, and it's 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 cool to see because not only does he apply what he knows as a breeder to Pokemon, he applies it to people as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely underrated, and I think that's the struggle i have with this episode is that the a plot isn't great but the different plots under it are strong but not strong enough to hold up the episode for me and and one of those is brock like kind of showing off as a breather what he's capable of without being super showy about it which uh, which is kind of difficult to do sometimes with uh, the yeah. anime. 
And then we see some dynamics with Team Rocket that are also kind of refreshing and, again, stronger than, like, the main plot of this episode. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, with Team Rocket, they want to steal an Electric after seeing how well the other one was being controlled. But Jesse gets impatient, and even though everyone's like, no, we have to wait for them to train because otherwise... We're, we're gonna steal an electric they can't do anything as as well as we want it to so they're able to pull out of a lake and okay they shoot a missile out of their magic card submarine that i thought was going to shoot a net and like grab the electric and the pikachu but it just hits them <laughs> like i don't know what their their plan was there yeah um Definitely caught me off guard, and I feel like it kind of missed, didn't it? Yeah, it, it like hits right in front of them, and they get caught in the explosion. But I don't know what the plan was there. I maybe Jesse was just trying to like hit them fast and then grab them, but it's very unclear, and we don't get to find out because James and Meowth actually are very reluctant to help her here. They are like. Pikachu and Electric are, are a great duo. Look, look at them training. They're very inspirational. And remind them of a good teamwork dynamic, which they don't feel like they have a, they have with Jesse right now. So they kind of stop Jesse from going out and getting the Electric. And she gets very emotional about this and runs away into the forest, leaving James and Meowth... Uh, offering to train Electric with them, or at least, like, help them as they can. And everyone else just very confused at what just happened. Yeah, and, and they did a, a very solo version of, of their usual motto, mm -hmm. where Jesse is just feeling it, and, and James and Miel are just like, <laughs> oh, man, like, we're really regretting doing this. <laughs> They're very and, embarrassed, even. Yeah, and I don't know why, but when James when everything's worse just gets worse like i couldn't <laughs> stop laughing i just i don't know I, I feel like that line wasn't really supposed to be as funny it just made me laugh so much it was a very fresh take on on, mm -hmm. on them and, and the way that uh jesse kind of overreacts and uh, runs into the forest um ending to leave group and jocko kind of being like oh who are these guys and mm -hmm. Don being like, oh, those are the bad guys. And after James and Meowth praise them, like he's like, are you sure these are the bad guys? Like, <laughs> I like them. Yeah, that was really, that was really cool. Yeah, it's, it's really neat when they, you get to see them as, as like, not antagonists in this case. Uh, yeah. And immediately they're like, yeah, we're going to help you out. And... We just move on to there, apparently. Like, every, like, no one's really suspicious of them, which is kind of funny. Yeah, they, they're just like, are we in a dream? But then accept it later on. Mm-hmm. And... Know, maybe you could attribute that to kids not really holding grudges, but... Maybe. At the same time, this is like the same team that's been after their Pokemon so many times. Right. So they, yeah, like there might, there should be maybe some apprehension here, but it's kind of satisfying maybe to see Jesse be the one to get ostracized from the group. So maybe that's kind of what lets them trust James and Meowth a bit more. 
Yeah, that could be it. We cut to the next day where they're training again. Electrike is able to hit the targets now, which is some good progress. Uh, the headmaster named Cal is also like watching from afar. And at this point, they are starting to do some moving target practice by having Ash, James, and Meowth wear these rubber vests with targets on them. So they're going to run around and Electric is going to try and hit them. But Ash is very like, okay, this whole episode, I've been being shocked like every time someone uses the Electric type move. So I'm kind of mad that I got paid for this. Yeah. Uh, and, and we did find out a bit earlier from Brock that um, the reason Electric couldn't get it right was because of the timing. Mm-hmm. Because this Electric um, was more powerful than the rest of any other regular Electric. So I thought that was like a good uh, intuition from Brock mm-hmm. the Breeder. That he noticed that's what it was. And again, it just shows, you know, he 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 takes the time to learn and study about the pokemon and uh, it it was either it was probably don's idea to have ash uh be one of the targets seeing as as uh pachirisu has has shocked him already and and electric mm. has shocked him so it was like it's a no-brainer i mean if if if, if electric isn't gonna miss anybody it's definitely not gonna be you You're right <laughs> like might as well if yeah. <laughs> if you've been targeted this far yeah, like you're already a walking target, so we can guarantee you'll get shocked. Yeah, but what happens here is that he doesn't because Electric is not very good at hitting any of the targets in this case when they're moving and it's moving also. So they're kind of worried of what's happening here because Electric was making progress, but now it's kind of stalled. So instead of kind of seeing what they do here to maybe approach the issue, and figure out a new strategy we actually get jesse coming out of nowhere and snatching up the electric in this uh mecha suit which is called princess something 9000 i think (laughs) yeah but it's a team rocket machine but she built it herself which kind of impresses james and meowth actually (laughs) yeah because i feel like James and Meowth do all the, the mm-hmm. heavy work while um, Jesse just launches around. The fact oh, that they yeah, saw totally. that, the fact that they saw that would definitely like um, give them points on Jesse's side. Yeah, but they're still kind of not on board with this. They're like kind of hesitant to help here, uh, and as Jesse's kind of claimed her victory, we see. Electric, or we see like Pikachu try to shock the the suit, but it just bounces off because she she remembered to insulate it, which is smart. Uh, and then Electric starts becoming a lot more aggressive, and in its kind of trapped and panicked state, it starts to evolve. Which I totally forgot that happened the first time I saw this. Yeah, that was definitely unexpected. I felt like. That was gonna be Jocko's time to shine and show mm-hmm. its loyalty to Electric. Yeah, but, uh... this was a nice little surprise, and like maybe it could be a little more impactful to see Electric master this in its regular 
evo- like in its current evolutionary state. But yeah. it surprisingly works here in its favor because we see its change in size lets it break out of the hole that the suit has on it because it gets too big. Yeah, it evolves into a, a electric. Got it right this time. Yes, Magnetric comes out and Jesse's yeah. like, alright, I'm gonna change plans here and grabs Pikachu instead, who's still small enough, and uh, starts running away towards James and Meowth. What did you think of, like, her switching so quickly to Pikachu? Were you expecting I mean, that? Yeah, it, it kind of felt like, you know, plan A didn't work. We can always go with plan B. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like Pikachu probably could have been alert. Again, it's not the first time that I've gone after it. Yeah, Pikachu uh, was off guard here for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you would think... If anyone definitely shouldn't be off his guard, it would be Pikachu. Right, right. Yeah, it was just, I feel like it was just Jesse uh, resorting to plan B because plan A didn't work. And uh, rather than to run away empty handed, mm-hmm. uh, she decided, you know, I might as well take something. Yeah, and then she kind of holds up a choice to James and Meowth. Which is like, come with me, or, or like, stay behind. And they they say, well, we can either value the friendships that we made, or go alongside our life's work, basically, of capturing Pikachu, which Jesse has effectively done right now. And they're like, well, that's an easy one. And they jump on her suit... And Meowth uses his claws to make a perfect circle around where the insulation is, which exposes the suit to being shocked. What do you think about this little heel turn? It was, it was very, very comical because uh, yeah. I feel like to them that was a, a happy ending. It was like, you know, yeah, we we may bicker and, and disagree, but at the end we're... We're still family. Yeah, it's like kind of accepting that they're going to be together forever, but also trying to make a small difference in the world by letting Magnetric kind of accomplish its own goal here. Yeah, they definitely had uh, a moral victory. Um, yeah, mm, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, definitely had that. We helped because... it out now. That our, our our work is done. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, it's like well, time time for us to do our part. But uh, you guys still have your part to play here. As we see, Magnetric shooting a thunderbolt towards them. Uh, Jesse starts weaving and dodging, but Magnetric now has almost full control of its power because it looks like it's able to change directions uh, and follow along Jesse. Until at one point, Jesse reveals that it can fly. <laughs> so she launch- she activates the rockets on her suit to take off. And Magnetric has to pull in all its strength and shoot straight up to hit the robot. Uh, which it's able to do and blast off Team Rocket with Pikachu falling safely to the ground. Uh, I tip my hat off to, to Jesse for having the wherewithal to put in a rocket. <laughs> uh- Showing that she definitely can build 
Mm-hmm. But she just decides that the other two, with all the work of of uh, herself. Yeah, it's a very interesting little reveal here, and I kind of wish you we have we would have gotten more because we just see Jesse disappear earlier, and then come back in the suit, and like she she just changed her attitude very quickly there from being defeatist to self sufficient. She's a very a very strong character. She's very uh, prideful, mm-hmm. and she's definitely the type that's like, if anyone doubts me, I will definitely prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel like this mm-hmm. was this was her, um, this was her her message to to James and me. I was like, oh, you know, you guys wanted to do this without me. Well, you know what? I didn't mm-hmm. need you for this. And, uh, again, it it worked out in the end because uh, Meowth and James were definitely impressed. Yeah, and uh, they're impressed both by Jesse and Magnetric in this point, who, uh, yeah. which is one of the few cases where they actually want to be blasted off, and they're uh, they're pretty happy with it. And Jocko also seems to be pretty delighted to see that Magnetric actually got some control down and says, all right, now we'll definitely pass the test because you did awesome there. And Cal, the headmaster, just comes out from uh, his car because he was behind them, basically, and says, you already passed. Uh, that was a pretty much the test what you did right there with Team Rocket, <laughs> which I always find kind of cool where there, there's like a teacher or a character that's supposed to certify someone and they can tell that, hey, you did what you what you are supposed to be able to do, even if it's not how we we usually measure it. Yeah, but I feel like there wasn't really much building between Akko and... Mm, yeah, that's fair. It kind of just centers on Magnetric a bit. Like, we maybe see it a little bit with Akko directing Magnetric in this last scene, but it's very rushed if that's what the intention was. Yeah, I feel like it was more... Rock, mm-hmm. the electric, because definitely believed in it. Uh, he saw the potential that it had. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Rocco's only contribution was uh, using the recipe that Brock had made for that electric. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's pretty much the only um, contribution at yeah at bonding with it. Yeah, I I honestly think it could have been stronger if they just cut Jocko and had, like, Brock somehow get involved in this school and, like, have the challenge of helping yeah. this electric. Because yeah. Brock is really the one we care about here. Yeah, at the end of the, the day, um, Jocko just feels like memory. He not feels really... like an example of what not to do. Yeah, that could be the case. And I think that's okay, but like, it would be more interesting to just see Brock fully embrace this breather side of his character. Definitely, this this definitely could have been a Brock-centered episode mm-hmm. because as a breeder, he wants to learn as much as he can. Him pulling upon this facility definitely would have been something he would have been intrigued in and you, know, you can pretty much take out Jocko 
mm-hmm. this episode. Like it, it kind of feels like he's not really needed because, like I said, I feel like the majority of Electrike's building up was focused on Brock seeing its potential and pretty much helping it out. Yeah, totally. So I thought the voice for the headmaster Cal sounded familiar. And is it James? I thought it was James, but looking at the actor, it's Bill Rogers who plays Brock. According really? to Bulbapedia, I don't know if this is a mistake, but that I find that really weird. I thought I'm like, how is that not James? <laughs> it like literally yeah, sounds like old because- James. Yeah, that's definitely what I thought. I thought it was James. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, wait. Who's Billy Beach? I'm not sure. Uh, oh, okay. So, hmm. I think there might be... Okay, so this is the interesting thing. When I look at Brock's voice actor plays Electrike. Billy. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, but, no, no, it plays... It plays Cal's electric. Oh, so okay. I let me check, but now I'm like this is a weird rabbit hole. <laughs> he plays both electrics. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's really funny though that he's the Pokemon that he's training. Yeah, that's crazy. Like like it definitely sounded like James. No, yeah, so James does play Cal. But the the reason I said that is because Cal's electric and Jacko's electric is both they're both played by Brock's voice actor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I was like, yeah, that, I'm pretty sure that's just his voice actor when I heard that. So he, it it's a weird it's a weird mix of voices here in Uncanny Valley if you pay attention to the behind the scenes stuff here. But overall, what would you rate this episode of Sites of <laughs> of Diamond and Pearl, uh, it, the Electric Company? I'll give it a five. Okay. Just because I feel like what the main focus was supposed to be wasn't really mm-hmm. um, but like centered. It was more overshadowed by Brock and uh, by uh, Meowth and James. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like all three of those definitely overshadowed Jocko and uh, his purpose for being at that uh, facility. And also, I feel like Rock did most of the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was going to originally when I first saw it, I'm like, this episode just doesn't need to exist. But then I was conflicted because there's so many little moments here where Brock shines where james and meow shine we even see a little bit of pachirisu and dawn so it's like there's a lot of weird seeds here that could be great but they just aren't balanced in a nice way that carries the narrative of this episode or the goal that's kind of presented to us in the beginning uh so i'll probably have to give it a five as well just because it's like you don't really get anything from this in terms of major events. Like at the end, we, Jocko and, and Magnetric like part different ways because Magnetric now goes with 
cow to the power plant where it's gonna be a battery for the rest of its life, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. And uh, no one learned... Like, this isn't ever mentioned again, pretty much. I mean, since since Brock um, pretty much could tell that as an electric, it was more powerful than, than a regular electrics. Maybe mm-hmm. now that it became a, a, a main electric, it uh, started a rebellion and, and freed its, its comrades. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It just started a revolution at the power plant. Yeah, it was like... That'd be great. I want to see it... that side series. Yeah, right? But yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. And now we're going to jump into... Episode 43, Malice in Wonderland. Oh, and before we leave the Electric Company, do you know what that reference is to? Uh, to the Electric Company, right? Yes! Uh, are you aware of the show, The Electric Company? Oh, no, I didn't know it was a show. I thought it was just, like, uh, a typical... Right, like the, u- the utility company? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, that also works, but I think what's funny here is that it's. It looks like it's a pun officially on the Electric Company because that's the title, and it's a TV educational show for kids on PBS that uh, came out in the seventies, actually. Oh, okay. And then in two thousand nine, which came after this episode, uh, they rebooted it into a very different show, but was all about like learning words and stuff like that. And I actually watched that show. Because it had people with superpowers, and it was it was really fun, actually. Th- that's what it seems to be a reference to, specifically. 2009. I don't remember that show. Yeah, it's... I think the song's like, The Electric Electric Company. Like, it tried to be very hip, and, like, people could could use something called word balls, which they can, like, form a, a like, spear of energy that they throw and it becomes words. It was a whole thing. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> uh, so before we get too far into that, yeah. I, I remember Zoom and mm, then Cyberchase. Mm-hmm. This came food. right after Zoom probably, like in terms of era, like I think around when Zoom ended, this took over. I definitely don't remember. Cause I, I still remember um, coming home mm-hmm. uh, after school and, and watching PBS Kids, but I don't remember... Yeah, it's a cool That's show. Cool. I recommend checking it out if if you get the chance. There's it's 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 a whole it's a whole premise with like its own lore and everything, but definitely check it out if you want. But moving on to episode 43, Malice in Wonderland, the blurb here reads, "An old gate leads Ash and the gang to a Pokémon Center where all their dreams come true." Brock is surrounded by adoring Nurse Joys and Officer Jennies. Ash is invited to the world's greatest tournament for the world's greatest traders, and Dawn is asked to compete in a contest of the world's most of the world's best coordinators. Even Team Rocket, lost outside in the fog, manages to find a free all-you-can-eat restaurant. Everything is perfect until Krogunk uses poison jab on Brock, and he discovers that it's all a dream. It was all a dream. It was all in our heads. Now, this episode is interesting if you go back to the beginning, and it kind of hits at this at the end, but what happens is that our heroes are outside in the rain, and 
they they're trying to find the Pokemon Center, but they're lost. And then they find a gate, which is kind of like a a wall, and then in the middle there's like a a a like small tunnel kind of that's very formal, uh, and that's where you go through. So it's kind of like in, in maybe like the Kanto games when you're going between any city outside of Saffron City, uh, where you have to just kind of go through there officially. And when they get to the gate, they see on the other side that it's dry. So they keep going there and it's foggy. Uh, at the end of this episode, where they find out that this whole thing was a dream, there's no gate. Like, the, the gate just doesn't exist. And their story tells them, like, they don't know what they're talking about. But what's weird is that it's only after that they go into this gate that a, Ma- a Miss Magius comes out and hits them with Confused Ray. So, did you notice this detail? And if so, do you think that Miss Magius actually hit them with Confused Ray before what we see in the episode? I didn't know it was a Confused Ray until uh, when it's revealed. Mm-hmm. And... I also didn't know if that was Miss Maggie's that um, lit up light, but I, I kind of assumed maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of intrigued as to that could have been because I, I thought it was maybe it was leading them to somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I'm like, it's a very explicit moment in the episode where you like our heroes see a, a bright purple light in the distance. And that's yeah. where, like, you assume that the dream sequence starts. But apparently it starts even before then, even though we don't see the Miss Magus do it. Which I think is kind of weird for a Pokemon episode to do, because they're pretty obvious and kind of showing even subtle hints. So I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> is that supposed to just make it, like, more creepy? Or are you implying something else here? Yeah, so so one thing I noticed, I can kind of assume, mm-hmm. uh, when Ash asks, you know, what that light is, there's like a like a confused face on Dawn. Mm-hmm. And the reason I I feel like I know what what um the joke was in the sub is because uh, Dawn's name in the sub is Hikari, which is translated to light. Oh, so interesting. I feel like, yeah, I feel like in the sub, they probably use that as a pun. Her, her face definitely looked confused, so it could have been Ash saying, you know, like, what is that Hikari? The actual character Hikari looking at him like, what? Like, um, did you so call yeah. me? Yeah, so I'm definitely interested to see if they actually did that. I liked that way that um, Miss Magius kind of looks like a scarecrow in the distance. Mmm, I didn't even think about that. In the grass? Yeah, I thought that was that was a pretty cool a little visual. And definitely didn't know they were already in the dream. I wonder mm. when when that Miss Maggie is um was that confused ray. Yeah, it's very odd to me because it's very much like, oh, this Miss Maggie does this to traders. And, like, we see when it happens. And, like, the hint that something's wrong is is obviously when they get to the gate. 
Like this yeah. is I think that's the 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 point I'm trying to drive across. It's like the whole thing starts because they go through this gate and it's raining on one side and dry on the other. So that's where like I'm assuming like oh something's off and like maybe where the dream starts. Definitely I had that same thought as well, especially because of the the title of this episode, mm-hmm. Alice in Wonderland. I thought maybe that was just like building it had some sort of a spiritual energy within it mm-hmm. you kind of know how like the japanese culture is very heavily into you know, like spiritual things and i thought maybe that that was like a temple that led to another i guess dimension in in a way mm-hmm. yeah we do end up finding out that it was smaggiest all along it definitely still leaves me wondering, like, when exactly was it that they they fell into under the the confuse ray? Yeah, it's like unclear, and I don't think Miss Magius is necessarily the best fit for this episode because the way they show this dream happening is very much that it's a literal dream. We see them sleeping and they're caught in this dream world. But Confused Ray doesn't really do that. So it, it seems like it's more of a fusion of Miss Magus's powers and something mystical or supernatural that's doing this. Because if it were to do that, it would like to put them to sleep. I think it would be more appropriate to have a Pokemon that can learn hypnosis do this. And Miss Magius can't learn that move. At all? No. It's interesting. And it's even brought up later in the anime, actually. That's how I know this. So I always find it weird that, like, they chose Miss Magus to do this. Yeah, because that was going to be my question was um, Mm -hmm. wondering if if in the sub they said it was hypnosis or not. No, Um, yeah, that's the... I'm definitely going to look that up. Because, yeah, I was about to say it, it could have been hypnosis if if anything right because that's the move that puts people to sleep and everything just getting more into like the meat of the episode it seems like miss magius is a pokemon that lives around this area and puts them to sleep somehow <laughs> without hypnosis trainers that come by like get to live this fantasy world of accomplishing their dreams which for Brog is being surrounded by all these Nurse Joys and Officer Jennies, and for Dawn and Ash to become the top trainer and coordinator in the world. And it's like kind of fun to watch, but I think it's it's a little undercut by Miss Maggie's not really having a a deeper motive here. Yeah, and I felt like when... Jenny and and Joy uh, in the dream declare their love for Brock. I thought he was gonna like reject it. Oh, you know we we've seen before when a girl actually likes Brock. Mm-hmm. It's very does he's not accepting of it. Mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe he was gonna be that way. And kind of realize it was a dream. Yeah. Uh, 
but at the same time, I didn't know they were in a dream again because, like I said, I didn't know when they actually fell under the spell. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we see him, and he actually says, you know, like, pinch me, is this a dream? Yeah! And we have Pikachu Thundershock. Yeah. Or Thunderbolt. <laughs> yes, Pikachu to, to do it. And Ash is just like, oh, you heard him. Go go ahead. <laughs> I mean, for me, it was pretty obvious because we see this weird Pokemon Center. Yeah, that's true. You, you see, I, I see, I see things like that, and I kind of immediately forget. <laughs> oh, I think because I was just more like confused as to like, wait, why isn't Brock, why isn't Brock questioning the fact that uh, these two actually like him? Mm-hmm. He just accepts it. Yeah, and then yeah, like you said, you know, Don's uh, mom and, and Professor Oak appear and they say oh you know you made it to what was it the semifinals of this tournament oh not even they're just like oh you got chosen and like you just have to win this one battle and that's it that's it yeah that but that that happens later on i th- i think when they're in the center they say something about oh finals no they kind of just say like oh you got selected for this like to participate in this event, but they don't like they don't say like you qualified. Uh, like well, for Ash, they kind of do. They say like like um because Ash is like, oh, that's weird because I just started my Sinnoh journey. Like, why am I being chosen for this? And Professor Dream Professor Oak says, oh, it's because of all your past accomplishments and rankings. Which, of course, is referring to all the leagues he's been in and the Battle Frontier. So, he like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that kind of excuses Ash a little bit. But then <laughs> Don's mom says the same thing about Don. And I'm like, oh, hold up. Okay, this is where you should be suspicious, Don. <laughs> yeah, and Don just is like, really? I'm like, okay. <laughs> she doesn't pass up on the chance. Yeah. Uh, because because um, being the top coordinator and being the top trainer is their quote unquote dream. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the positioning here? Because the way that their dreams are kind of enacted is by manifesting how they think they would reach this goal, not necessarily how you actually reach this goal in real life. And for Ash, it's a battle against Cynthia as she uses Rayquaza. And for Dawn, it's a battle against her mom when she uses a Feebas that evolves into Milotic. Yeah, on command. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Evolve! Um, And and Dawn's actually very offended. She's like, Mom, how could you? Yeah, but I'd like to correct you. Oh, yes. Ash isn't challenging Cynthia. He's challenging Dawn. The reason I say that is because Cynthia and Dawn... And Officer Jenny share the same voice actor. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh, okay. I thought... <laughs> I, definitely, I definitely heard uh, a bit of Dawn in Cynthia. And so Me I had, too, I had, yeah. yeah. Upon um, watching the episode and, and uh, taking notes, I had to pause and, and look it up. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, they're definitely... All three of those characters are voiced by the same... Voice actress. So funny that now that you point it out, I like I, I totally see it now, and yeah. that's so funny to think about. It makes sense yeah, because so... they, I think, like Ash's voice actor is also played um, 
Ash's mom's voice actor is also played by um, uh, the same actor that Vo- Ash has. Sarah Nakoche. Oh. Yeah, and I think they just do that because those characters don't appear that often, so might as well just have someone who's around a lot to play them. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But and... I thought what you were going to say there was when Ash that Ash faces Dawn, I thought you meant maybe Miss Magius kind of hypnotized them to fight each other in the dream. But without them knowing it. But it doesn't look like it that's the case. But that would have been kind of yeah. fun. That is like they think they're battling someone else, but they're actually battling each other. Yeah, but I feel like maybe one of them is Later on, when we see, you know, what happens with Brock, uh, we see them, like, moving. I feel like if one of them would have uh, touched one of the other, mm. they would have mm-hmm. woken each other up. Kind of ruined uh, the plot. Right. Oh, instead we got Rayquaza versus Pikachu. Yeah, uh, and we don't really see a lot of it. <laughs> but it, like, beats it, and that's kind of it. Like, Cynthia just disappears. Ash gets a bunch of gym badges and it's like a big case and did you take a look at what was in that case yeah i i noticed right away the uh fire badge from from blank yes i i noticed the the badge um from flannery as well i think yeah but uh let's let's go back a bit and uh, how creepy were those those um joys and jennies with krogunk faces oh yes because brock's still having the time of his life but so then out of nowhere all these women that are attracted to him so mysteriously start poison jabbing him and it's weird it's really weird yeah and that and we find out that that's actually krogunk uh trying to wake him up yes because brock wakes up and Kroger is next to him after poisoning, poison jabbing him. And that's where he sees Ash and Dawn just like talking in their sleep. And uh, he realizes it's, it's all a dream. So I kind of like that Krogunk's the one that wakes him up and breaks him out of this. Because that seems like a very Krogunk thing to do. But then immediately they're put back to sleep by Miss Maggie's confused ray. Which is a sentence that makes no sense, I get it. But, like, that's kind of what happens here. Uh, where it, like, yeah. hypnotizes them to sleep with Confused Ray, weirdly enough. Yeah, and literally, like, seconds after Brock tells Krogunk, like, don't look at it. Yeah! Uh, <laughs> it, it ends up happening. They're not very good at this. Like, we saw this in the Bewildered Forest with the Stantler. And Ash oh, is yeah. like, Churchwick, don't look! And then he's like, oh, I looked. Yeah. Uh, but because it was Krogunk, I had a great laugh. Because, like I said, yeah. Krogunk is just that face it has. It's just oh man, it just makes me laugh all the time. It's definitely a great little moment for Krogunk. Brock finds himself back in the, in the dream world outside the stadium. All the Jesses and Joys are coming for him, but he is able to concentrate and run away from them back towards uh, the stadium. And we see one of the joys that was chasing him is actually Miss Magius as it like transforms back into itself when Brock runs away. And Team Rocket has their own fantasy going on, but like I don't want to go too far into it. James just finds all these bottle caps that he's been looking for. Jesse becomes an actress 
and Meowth gets to spend some time on Giovanni's lap, which is his life goal. And funnily enough, I did look at some trivia on this. The voice actor for Giovanni actually started playing this role in Diamond and Pearl. And uh, this is the last time we see him, actually, because the old voice actor for Giovanni from Four Kids comes back after this. Yeah, and and he did a he did a a pretty good job uh, imitating original. Yeah, I was like, oh, this sounds really similar. Yeah. Like there was one point where I thought, wait, did they four kids mm-hmm. actor? Yeah, he did definitely did a good job at that. Rocket's dreams were definitely there for for the the comedical aspect. Exactly. Uh, episode. Yeah. Then you see them blast off a bunch of times because at the end, everyone's dreams start just falling apart. They blasted off a total of eight times. Yes, uh, it's apparently a record for how many times they blast <laughs> yeah. off in one show. And then it's like, eh, it's a dream sequence though. So like, arguably, it isn't <laughs> it isn't the record if you count that out. It w- it's crazy though, right? Because first one didn't wake them up yeah well because it's not really happening is the thing it's like it's it's not like with Krogunk actually in the real world um poison jabbing brock it's just something that happens within the dream itself yeah but i feel like something like that in a dream happens didn't your body react to it maybe i don't know like there there have been cases like personally where where i've had a dream that like fell off a plane and I wake up like jumping as if actually fell. I feel like they would have woken up from the first shock. But I mean again it was just I think the comedical aspect of it all. So yeah with Team Rocket like I my idea is like maybe they're just really used to being blasted off that it doesn't affect them as much in the dream. Like I'm thinking, maybe they even dream about being blasted off in the in like a nightmare or something, and it just doesn't it doesn't phase them as much at this point. Yeah, that that definitely would make sense, right? They probably have PTSD from so much blasting off. <laughs> yeah, and that kind of just like m- removes them from the main plot of this episode. We don't even hear their motto actually, which is kind of interesting. Again, we get the focus back on Ash and his friends who uh, bring out their Pokemon. Like, it's weird because we we see we know that Pikachu is in this dream because we saw that he was hit by the Confused Ray. Krogunk as well. But then Dawn also brings out Piplup to battle. But Piplup isn't in this world. Like, it's it wasn't hit by the Confused Ray. So, I think it's kind of funny that they, like use this and they you never see Piplup in reality for this episode. So this whole Piplup moment is a complete figment of uh Don's imagination. Yeah, because uh we saw that it, she used it earlier as well to fight her mom. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, this is definitely a dream Piplup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I I know it's super detail-oriented, but, like, that's why it's kind of funny when you read the episode uh, listing of Pokemon that appear, and, like, you see Piplup appears, but it's like, eh, it's really a dream Piplup. Like, it's not... <laughs> yeah, like, it won't have any memories from this or anything, so 
it's it's funny that they did choose to use it, but they're like, well, just make we'll just we'll overlook that it never actually comes out of its Pokeball this episode. Can you just imagine that conversation that Don would have with that Pibla? <laughs> People would just like, be confused, what? like, wait, what? Uh, what are you talking about? Yeah. I, I beat a Milotic? Okay, well, I believe that part, but everything else is crazy. Yeah, I feel like Piplup would actually believe that. <laughs> but anyway, with the help of Dream Piplup, <laughs> uh, Real Pikachu and Real Krogug, uh, they are able to defeat this Miss Magius that fused with a Rayquaza. And Miss Magius offers them like badges and ribbons and joys and jennies again but they're like thanks but no thanks we want the real thing like now that we know that this is all fake like we really want to accomplish our goals the the real way and miss maggie's is like oh okay like it kind of is and kind of isn't it it feels more like they're being trying to be polite and just run away (laughs) like they're like all right thanks bye yeah because it felt like miss maggie's probably wanted them to stay Mm-hmm. That dreamland, and they were kind of aware of that. And they're like, "Oh, we're good." Yeah, they're like, "Ah, eh, sorry, I want to, I don't want to talk about your your charity that you're uh yeah. here to talk to me about." They were like, oh, "Poor electrics are are enslaved. Um, we don't want to be that way either." <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so they're able to run past Miss Magius to the gate, and that's where they find out that. When they go through, they wake up, and it's not really in a gate that exists at all. And now it's, like, morning, I guess. And Nurse Joy is like, oh, hey, I found you sleeping. Is everyone okay? I know there's a Miss Maggie around here that does this kind of stuff. Um, and it's fun for it, but not for the trainers. And they're like, oh, yeah, it was a interesting time. And then they're just motivated to win badges and win ribbons. Uh starting from one because they only have one each so they're just gonna take it easy from here uh ash and dawn and that's kind of it like i think it's kind of a fun episode to watch even though we talk a lot like of of things about it here that are kind of uh nitpicks i'd say you can watch this and have a good time nothing really develops here but you kind of see a fun fantasy of Ash and Dawn specifically, and even a bit of Team Rocket as well. So, I probably would rate this episode a six point five. Okay. Um. Yeah, I I agree that this was definitely a fun filler. Hmm. Um. Very creative with how they chose to introduce this Miss Magius, and um, like they kind of a stereotype on Ghost Pokemon that they oh yeah. Always- to mischief mm-hmm. I feel like Miss Magius wasn't really as touched upon as mm-hmm. it should have been kind of like uh, like Jocko as well they were supposed to be the main focus but really overshadowed by everything else right but I did like the way that the, it looked when it fused with uh, Rayquaza mm-hmm. I felt like that was a really cool design and it would have I feel like Miss Magius should have had uh, more of a purpose. That's right. why it messes with trainers. Maybe like it's protecting the Pokemon in the forest or something mm-hmm. like that. Or like um, maybe this gate is from when Miss Magius was young. Like there used to be a gate yeah. here 
to like a family that belonged to or something and it's lonely like give it something that's a little more of a character yeah definitely especially because it's it's a ghost type you can Mm -hmm. definitely have liberties like that like oh this miss maggie used to come here with its trainer now that its trainer's long gone it stays there to stay connected with its spirit Mm -hmm. you know what would have been cool if they said, oh, yeah, like, Miss Maggie's had a trainer, but their trainer died and never got to accomplish his dreams, so... Yeah, you see? There you go. Mm-hmm. It tries to help yeah. other trainers reach their dreams by constructing this reality. Yeah, because it, it would have given more purpose to that um mm-hmm. little tower as well. Yeah! It, like... Yeah, I feel like it, it was just a plot device, but mm-hmm. they could have it more importance right yeah, like maybe you know, that was there and when smaggies was a, a little mischievous and and mm-hmm. it was with her trainer like that was their um imaginary world <laughs> like, when mm-hmm. they would step through that mm-hmm. would it be in another world uh, you know like how kids use their imagination yeah and so miss maggie's purpose is to fulfill the dreams mm-hmm. of everyone that passes through that like yeah. That See, let's work for right. <laughs> I was gonna say we need to we need to start to get our resumes over there. Yeah, send in our applications. Yeah. What would you rate this episode with uh, that in mind? I'll give it a six. Mm-hmm. Again, it was definitely a fun episode. Uh, very enjoyable. And I feel just because it had a lot of plot errors. Mm-hmm. That excuses. I feel like that excuses this episode. This episode, it wasn't really something like, uh, yeah. too serious. Yeah, right. Like it, was just, it was just a filler to to make the audience uh, have a good time and a good watch. I'll give it a six. I I'm probably boosting it a little bit just for its creativity and like bringing yeah. in the mom, bringing in Cynthia, Professor Oak, and also showing some Team Rocket stuff, which I was like, oh, that's that's kind of neat. Like we know it's not real, but. It's it's fun for them to have an excuse to do that. This is pretty much these two episodes. Honestly, if you're a newcomer and haven't watched them, I I just skip the Jocko Electric one and watch this one if you're just kind of interested in seeing these characters and uh, maybe getting some of the references that we see here to Team Rocket, Oak, and all that stuff. Likewise, if if you're a, a Brock fan, then I definitely recommend that Electric. But if mm-hmm. you're not, yeah, it's definitely something you kind of skip over. Right, totally. We do see a Miss Magius later on uh, with a trainer that we already know, actually, and another one as well. So Miss Magius will thankfully get more time to shine than maybe Shinx does in this whole season. But it's not going to be for a little while longer. And Electric, whatever. Like, I like Electric, but what are you doing, buddy? We're in Sinnoh. Come on, Jocko. Don't be like that. <laughs> but yeah, any final thoughts? Uh, I know that sometimes you have a poem to share. If I don't know if you have that yeah. this week. Yes, I can prepare it as always. Ooh, because oh. Professor Oak was here. Did he remind you? Definitely, yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't believe, like... When I saw that, I was like, oh, I need to jot this down so I can bring it up. And I completely forgot. But we saw an actual, we saw and heard an actual Professor Oak poem in this episode. Ooh, yes. Yeah, um, 
I don't remember what he said, but it was definitely inspiring. Don Don loved it. Don's a fan. Yeah, it's definitely. I feel like he, uh, much like Brock, Professor Oak is a very underrated poet. <laughs> so, sure, let's, let's go with that. <laughs> you listeners today, we have another poem. Oh man, it is entitled Miss Magius. Goes like this: Miss Magius chants an incantation vanishes the dark Ooh, okay yeah i'll take that <laughs> don't know how you can apply that to life at least we have a little bit of zen for our listeners holy i love that it's a great note to to leave off on and yeah. for all our listeners out there thank you for listening thank you for listening to episode 25 of sights on Sinnoh. I've been Will, and today we've had Manny. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your poetry with us this week. No, no, I can't take the credit. This is Professor <laughs> Oak's poetry. Oh, no, okay, we, okay. We do not condone plagiarism here. <laughs> so, true, yeah, true. Um, hopefully, by the time this episode comes out, everyone has been enjoying Pokemon Unite. Oh, man. Uh, I do not have high hopes just because I, I don't want to. Um, build something up and then be like, eh, this isn't what I was expecting. Yeah. It, it's definitely something I'm looking forward to trying out. Right. Just keeping expectations realistic. Yeah. And yeah, and if you want to get some more Pokemon goodness in your life, feel free to check out Watch Pokemon TV and you'll find whatever seasons Pokemon's sharing with us at the time. Like for us right now, it's going to be episode or season 10 and 11 of the anime, which are the first two seasons of Diamond and Pearl. Uh, but they could have other things by the time this is up. So always feel free to check that out and enjoy some free anime, free movies, and a, a look at the adaptation of the games into the show, which I always think is fascinating. And one of the inspirations I have for doing this podcast. Yeah, it's definitely always a cool um, thing to look at how anime incorporates things that are in the game i think my my favorite part um what i said i think a couple of episodes ago how they did the they handled the the darkest day in the anime Mm. that being my favorite arc of journeys um so far that's on netflix because uh in the sub there's a, a current anime that i i'm definitely enjoying and can't wait until uh, it's brought to Netflix, so the viewers can see. Nice. Yeah, same here. But as always, if you want to listen more about what we have to say and also what other co-hosts have to say about this show, feel free to check out any past episodes of Sites on Sale on the channel. And uh, subscribe and like if you want to hear some more that come out as we try to get these episodes out every Monday morning. So stay tuned for that. And as always, I've been Will. I am Manny. And we'll see you in Sinnoh. Until then, have a good one. Watch out for Miss Magius.